Episode 217, Bonus Edition, Interview with Kelly Jackson. I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey, y'all. I'm excited to dive into today's interview and share with you this unique guest. She is a fantastic educator who is helping teachers better use their time and do more of what they love to do. And she does that through organization And we talk a lot about how I thought organization was like cutesy colored things and labels. And it's so much more than that. It's a lot of processes, a lot of habits, a lot of how do you want to teach? What's your personality? What's your style? What do you like creating? How can we use your passions to make you a stronger teacher? And let's create systems around those things. So uh, she's phenomenal. (laughs) She's really creative. And she's beyond helpful for all the educators that she works with. So I'm excited to introduce you to Kelly. Speaking of, let me tell you a little bit more about her. So Kelly has taught for six years in the elementary classroom, teaching second and third grade. And during that time, she loved teaching and encouraging her kids, but found her strength as a teacher was in the area of organization. And in 2016, she started her blog, which is the Simply Organized Teacher. So you might have heard about her before. Well, shortly after launching that blog, she launched her podcast, Simply Teach, something else you've probably been tuning into. So you might be very familiar with Kelly already. Well, in 2018, she left the classroom to move abroad. She's in Germany for her husband's job, which is totally cool. And since then, she's been working with busy and overwhelmed teachers to help them get their systems and routines in place so that they can have organized classrooms that allow them to focus on teaching their kids. She makes your life easier, and she does it in a super fun, personalized way. So with that said, let us dive into the conversation. Hey, Kelly, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hi, Gretchen. I'm really excited to be here. Now, elite educators are listening around the world, as are you. I can't wait to share your stories. So I'm going to just dive into the nitty gritty of our interview. Is that okay with you? Yes, let's go. Let's do it. So let's explain how do you and I know each other? How did our paths cross? 
I found you on a iTunes search for education podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and what's so great about that. And then you were so kind to reach out and say, Hey, I, you know, got this current focus in education and I would love to teach your listeners about it and come talk to them about it and would hope that you'd be willing to allow me to do that. And I thought to myself, well, this niche, and we're going to talk about what that is in a second, is so needed for teachers. And I think they so badly need guidance and help in this area. So when I read what you were doing and what you were up to, I was like, yes, we absolutely have to have you on. So I'm so glad you reached out. Yeah, thank you for letting me come on. I appreciate it. I was nervous you were my first like person to pitch. I I've never really pitched to be on somebody other somebody else's podcast. So I was like, please let her email back and say yes and not like who is this girl? So I appreciate you taking a chance on me. Yes, absolutely. Success for the first job. Nice work. So let's back up. Let's walk through where you started in education and then you can fill us into what you're doing today. Yeah, so I started teaching back in 2012, I guess. Um, I was six years in the classroom, second and third grade, and I taught in a dual language program. Um, I also taught self-contained. And during that time, I just really realized and learned that God had given me this gift of organization that I think sometimes people, teachers on my campus kind of looked at me like, oh, she's always so organized. And I just thought every teacher was organized. <laughs> um, but once I started going into other classrooms, I realized, wait, this is something that, you know, I am good at and that I can help other teachers with. So I guess maybe in 2016, I started my blog, The Simply Organized Teacher, and just kind of kept sharing blogs and resources with uh, teachers on how to create the most efficient use of their classrooms. And then in 2018, I stepped out of the classroom because my husband accepted a job or I guess a transfer with his current job to Germany. So now I live six hours ahead of you in <laughs> Germany. And it's been great because it's allowed me to really uh, work with teachers and grow my business so that I can help more teachers find that organization that, like you were saying, is so necessary for them. Well, what you said is so interesting because I think a lot of teachers take for granted their own talent because they think it's normal. They think, well, doesn't everybody do it this way or doesn't it come easy for everyone? And so a lot of the time our talent is something we overlook ourselves until you are able to get out of your own classroom and say, oh, I guess I do do things differently and I can help you with this. So what do you think it was uh, that really pushed you to notice the difference. Did you get invited to go watch other teachers teach or were you just um, chatting during a planning and noticed that other teachers weren't organized? What was it that allowed you the experience to finally discover this is a gift? I think just teachers. So my first year I was in a master's program called Teacher Fellows through, um, I think there's only two campuses in the whole United States that offer this program. Um, and I was in this program. So I had to have, as, as part of it, I was doing my first year of teaching while getting my master's. And I had to do two or three different presentations within my first year where I would invite my campus to come into my classroom and I would talk about the things that I was doing in there. Um, and so teachers would come in and they would comment on how organized my classroom was. And like you were saying, you know, it's it's just normal. And then they would say, can you come help me look at this in my classroom? Or what do you think I could do about this? People just started asking me for help. And then I was like, oh, OK, I guess this is something that I need to maybe pay a little bit more attention to. That is great. And I was going to ask you, what is the best lesson you learned in the classroom? But it sounds like 
being able to stay organized in the back end, you know, all the behind the scenes really makes you successful when you're alive in front of students. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because teaching is so hard and it's so draining emotionally, mentally, physically. And I don't think that organization is going to take all of that strain away. I like, I'm not under any, you know, pretense that organized classrooms are going to just take all the problems away. But I do think they take away a big part of the problem, a big part of the stress. And so when you can have a clutter-free classroom and an organized space to come into routines that your kids know how to uh, know the expectations for, then it just, it brings down that level of stress for the teacher. You've worked with other teachers showcasing your systems and routines, and now you're blessed with the opportunity to have a blog and a podcast to continue the conversation. So you're connecting with other educators, and I know that you've realized there are some characteristics along the way that make someone great. An organization is clearly one of them. Is there another aspect of educators that you can say that makes you a really solid teacher? It's always going to come back to, to learning and being willing to grow. I think my first year of teaching, I kind of got a little bit prideful, especially because I was in this master's program and getting so much help that um, I started to think, oh, I know it all. And then after a year or two later, I realized, wait, I don't know it all. And I've got <laughs> to continue learning. And even now, you know, not being in the classroom, I'm still listening to education podcasts and seeing what is going on out there because even though I'm not in the classroom, I'm still an educator. I'm always going to be an educator at heart. I got a overhead for Christmas from Santa Claus when I was third grade. Like it's in my blood. Um, so, but I've learned the importance of just having to always be willing to grow because when you're, when you are no longer willing to learn more or grow more, that's when you've kind of ended your time, I think in the education field. I think that's great advice, and I actually wanted to ask you to speak directly to a group of listeners right now. We've we've got different buckets of teachers listening, some that are brand new, some that are transitioning within education or in kind of a distress situation, things aren't going well, maybe their job was eliminated, and then we've got teacher leaders like yourself. So if you could pick any one of those buckets of teachers to give them a piece of advice, who would you pick and what would you say? Well, I would say, I think, to the new teacher, because that's primarily who I work with as well. And that's just to, there's so much going on as a new teacher, as a new educator. And you just kind of have to pick, um, pick your lane during your first year or two and not get overwhelmed with all that there is to do. The great thing about teaching is that each year you get a new group of kids, maybe even a new classroom or a new school. You always get to start over. And, I think that it's really important as a new teacher to just pick one or two things that you're really going to focus on this year and get really good at those things before trying to add on other stuff, because you're going to have time to improve. I think that's smart advice. It's kind of like in the, in the classroom, we don't teach 17 skills at one time. We teach one thing. We add on a piece. When we get that, we add on a piece. And that's exactly what you're saying to teachers is, Hey, you're going to be here in the long game. You've got to start small. Pick something to get really good at. Wait until you've got that under your belt before you add on. That builds that strong foundation. Otherwise, you're just going to be floundering trying to be the Pinterest or Instagram-worthy teacher when you're not quite ready to juggle all those balls. So I think that was really solid advice. Yes. Speaking of solid advice, 
you're kind of a mentor, but don't you also need a mentor? Who do you go to to keep current and, and learn what's going on right now and really push yourself beyond your own comfort zone? For me, it's like I said just a minute ago of just listening to different voices out there in the education field and trying to find people. You mentioned the Instagram and the and the Pinterest, you know, perfection. Trying to find people outside of that um, realm, I guess, because for me, sometimes that isn't super relatable. Um, so finding educators who are doing podcasts or who are writing blogs. I wouldn't say I necessarily have one teacher mentor that I go to. Um, it's just kind of keeping looking at all the different educators and all the different things that they're doing and taking what I can to better myself. Hey, y'all, I just want to take a quick second to let you know support for this episode is brought to you by PowerSchool. They know teachers go above and beyond for students. But teachers need help too, especially as they're asked to do more every day. And that's why PowerSchool, now with Schoology, combines SIS, LMS, and assessment technology, empowering teachers with more time for what really matters. Visit www.powerschool.com slash time for teachers to find out how teachers are using technology to unlock student success. PowerSchool, time for teachers. I love that. And I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier. You know, you're an educator at heart just because you're not in the classroom right now. You're still serving teachers. And I know that there's kind of this stigma of, oh, they don't get it because they're not teaching right now. But what's so great about not teaching right now is we can really increase our knowledge base. Like for me, it wasn't until I became a coach that I became a better teacher because I was so stuck in the bubble in my own classroom. And it wasn't until I got out and saw other teachers doing the same content or teaching the same type of students that I was like, oh, there are other ways. And I started learning and growing. And so because you and I are both out of the classroom right now serving teachers, it allows us to see so much more and have access to so much more and have time to really delve into so much more. Would you agree? Yeah, I completely wholeheartedly. And I won't say like, just because I'm out of the classroom I still struggle with that same thing, like you were saying about, you know, oh, they're out of the classroom. They don't know what it's like anymore. I still struggle with, wait, am I relevant? Do I, um, do I get to have a say, you know, towards other teachers? Cause I'm not in, in the thick of it right now, but it's like the coaches I had at my school. I had a, uh, one in particular that I'm thinking of as a math coach who would come in and help me really with my math instruction. And she would do, Almost, I, I wouldn't say she lesson planned for me, but she would outline whole units for me because she had the time to go to all the schools across the district and get all of the different ideas and suggestions from other teachers that I just simply didn't have the time or the co mental capacity to do. Yeah, so it opened your world, right? You have greater access. So I would say as long as you are willing to stay connected and willing to do the research and stay current on what's happening, then you absolutely have the heartbeat of what's happening. But if you're just reminiscing on your years in the classroom and, you know, not doing anything to move forward and, and stay connected, then you absolutely aren't relevant. But I think you are doing exactly what you need to do. Thank you. So we were sitting here talking a minute ago about 
teaching and how you had a coach that helped you dive deeper into that lesson planning process and best practices of what's happening out there. So I want to take a second to just allow you to reminisce on your teaching experience. And I like to semi-embarrass my guests, but give them an opportunity to share their best all-star teacher moment because I think it's a, a way for us to beg, borrow, and steal ideas from each other. So go ahead, get in the spotlight for just a second and tell us about that moment. The thing that came to mind when you asked me that was, I have this year that I, I call my year from hell um, because it really was, it was my second year of teaching and I had a group of probably three or four high need behavior boys in that class um, that were so difficult that I called my dad one morning crying. Can you please uh, I don't think I actually asked him if he would let me quit and would support me, but that's what I was trying to insinuate um, because I was just so miserable. And I had to get off the phone with him because at that point, um, the AP walked in with a new student from my classroom. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just, it was a rough year. And when I think back to my greatest moment I had as a teacher, it would be one of those boys that I still have a relationship with, I think he's probably, I guess, in eighth grade now, um, maybe even in ninth grade, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And I just really formed a connection with him. His parents were really supportive of um, helping me to build that relationship with him. Uh, I went to his football games, and I got to go to one of his football games probably a week or two before we moved abroad. And that is what that's what we all get into teaching for, right? Is to have those relationships mm -hmm. with kids to impact them. And that's what I'm most proud of that. I, I can't say that I changed that boy's outcome in life at all, but I think I helped him to see a little bit more of the value of football is so important to him. Um, he's going to be he better invite me to whenever he's playing in the Super Bowl one day. Cause I mean, he's, he is really good. Um, and you know, I just kept loving him and encouraging him even when he would have behavior outbreaks. I wanted him to know that regardless of his choices or his behavior that he was still loved. And I think that stuck with them because even when I would go visit him in middle school, Hey, miss, are you coming to my football game? You know? And I think that's what's what sticks out to me as a moment that I'm really proud of. Yeah, I think when we're learning to become a teacher, we're never really told to make connections and to spend time really connecting as human beings and sharing interests and celebrating kids. It's all focused on the content and the instruction and what leaves the legacy and allows kids to build momentum and to stay focused and on the path of pursuing education is because people care about who they are as people. And so had you not poured into him and encouraged him with football, he might have said, well, education isn't for me. I'm not interested. I'm out of here. But you kind of said, hey, this is your ticket. This is what's going to make you successful. You're really great at this, but stay, stay the line. You got to continue this road and I'm going to help you do that. So I applaud you for that. So in terms of everything you're doing right now with organization, fill us in on your current project and how you're impacting educators. All just around the name of classroom organization. I've got blogs and I have a podcast and courses that are all designed to help teachers create routines and systems in their classroom. Because at the end of the day, we're in 
teaching to educate, to make those, uh, those relationships with kids. But when you're constantly overwhelmed with a disorganized classroom or routines that aren't working for you or trying to find something, it just, it takes away from the time you can spend planning great lessons or building those relationships. So I want to help teachers get their organization in control so that way they can focus on what really matters, which is educating their kiddos. I like to say that I want to help teachers transform their classroom so that they can transform their teaching. Oh, I love that. So are you working one-on-one or you have small groups or you have courses? Tell me more about how what, what you offer for teachers. Right now, I have courses that I offer. Um, I'm also in the process of, I think I'm going to start like course slash small group coaching group in the next couple months. I'm still hashing all that out. But right now, I've mainly got courses and even just downloadable, like I have an ebook that teachers can download okay. that walks them through how to organize their classroom. And I've got freebies uh, on to-do list, on setting up a classroom, all sorts of just little PDF downloadable things that teachers can get access to, to help them organize and figure out those routines. Now, let me ask you, there might be some people out here who want to be more organized. So they're like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to take her up on this opportunity, but there might be people who are not organized and not interested in being organized. What would you say to those folks? Because we have been talking about how important that organizational piece is in being successful. Well, I think it just comes back down to if you want to be able to spend more time creating really engaging lessons, or you want to be able to leave on a Friday afternoon and not have to take work home or take papers to grade home or worry about lesson planning over the weekend. I think organization, I think when people think organization, and I just kind of had this realization within the past couple months that we think it's just about putting things in cabinets and making everything look cute and pretty. Right. And to me, organization is more about creating the routines in a classroom that are going to allow you to streamline things that are going to allow you to free up your time so that you can leave at a decent time at the end of the day, or that you can have more time to invest in broadening yourself as an educator, because you're not trying to um, constantly be picking up or putting things away or figuring out where something is. You give yourself more time, which when I ask teachers, what's your biggest struggle? It's always time. And I think organization helps give you back some of that time. You nailed it because I think that's what I think too. Organization, like color coded labels and bins and like just cute. And it's not just that. I mean, that's one way to do it. Sure. But organization is so much deeper than that. And there are multiple ways to do it. And I think with you being the expert, you're going to be able to say, okay, let me make an organizational system that works for you. You don't have to do it my way or someone else's way. Let me think about what works best in your situation so that you have time to do the things you want to do and you're not, you know, chained to your desk and doing all these other things that aren't really going to have the impact you want in the classroom. So I think it's a bigger picture on how organization can really allow you to spend more time in your talent, in your state of genius, in the things that you are really good at rather than allowing this disorganization to just consume you. Right. And you were asking a minute ago, you know, what are some of the things I offer? And I do actually offer one-on-one coaching and I have worked with teachers before that 
come to me and say, I need help in this specific area, or I'm really struggling with this. And my role is, yeah, I'm going to help you think about things, you know, tell you things that I did that worked for me, but more important, we're going to figure out what's going to work for you. What is going to work in your specific setting or in your classroom? Because it's all an, an individual thing. You know, we all have different resources when it comes to teaching. It is so helpful. And I'm glad that you found and discovered this talent. And even though you're with your husband in Germany, you're still willing to serve teachers. You're not letting your different locations stop you from doing what you love and sharing it with everyone across the world. So I just want to thank you for doing that. Uh, before uh, I let you go, because I do want to be respectful of your time, I want to ask you one more question. And that's just for the listeners to really stay motivated and encouraged and empowered. And that question is, how do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator? I think that's a two-part, I have a two-part answer, because I think part of it is being willing to step away. There are times when I'm just not in the headspace to consume more education stuff, um, particularly when it comes to Pinterest or Instagram. There are times that I just need to step away from it, and I think that's okay. Uh, but there's also this, the second part is being willing to listen in and to, you know, push in or press in, I guess, to learning more about education. And like we started out at the beginning and in, in what your podcast is all about, always a lesson, always being willing to learn. I think it's okay to hold both time away. Um, of course, if you're in the classroom, you can't just like <laughs> deuces, I'm out, <laughs> you know, I'm in the classroom, but um, I definitely think it's okay as a teacher, if you're starting to feel burnout or something like that, to take a step back, you know, take a step back from some of your leadership roles at the campus or, um, trying to be the best at everything and give yourself some space to breathe and find joy again, but then always being willing to come back and grow. I think that is just great advice and very wise <laughs> from a veteran educator. So I, I so thank you for coming on to share your story and to share your gifts. Can you let us know how to connect with you? You've got the blog and the podcast and courses. So tell us, how can we find all that good stuff? The best way would be just to head to my website, the simply organized teacher.com. Uh, I'm also the simply organized teacher on Facebook and on Instagram. You can find me there. I love chatting with teachers and DMs. So you can send me a message, but my website would probably be the quickest and easiest way to get access to the freebies and courses and my social media stuff. That sounds awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you again for being a guest. I so appreciate you, especially tuning in all the way from Germany. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. Wow. Wasn't that an empowering message from Kelly? I told you she really focuses on organization, but in a unique way. She really helps you save time for the things that you are most passionate about doing. And we talked about lifelong learning. And my most favorite part of this episode is her talking about transforming your classroom. That way you transform your teaching. Like, mind-blowing. Absolutely love it. Kelly, if you're listening, thanks so much for being a guest. I so appreciated hearing your story, and I love your mission of what you're doing for teachers, so please stay in touch. Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Kelly Jackson. Make sure you follow all the links and show notes to connect with her. She is someone you want on speed dial.
Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.